0: what's up everyone it is denise salcedo welcome back to the channel i am very happy to introduce to you my guest for today he is none other than your current ftw champion all elite wrestling's very own ricky starks what's up ricky
1: what's up denise i don't know if anyone knows this, but you and i we we actually met before
0: I know and it was funny too because I was I was telling you off air I wasn't sure if you were gonna remember me so I was like should I go with nice to see you again nice to meet you <laughs> like this was something that I thought about like beforehand and then like, I kind of went like against my like better judgment I was like I'm gonna say nice to meet you just in case he yeah. doesn't remember
1: and <laughs> me being me I was like no we met for sure like <laughs> I remember i always remember people I met I was like yeah we we were on an elevator together one time at an era Lucha show in, in Corpus or wherever it was.
0: Okay, yeah, I that makes me feel so much better because I'm the kind of person that will like overthink everything. So like yeah. having like the, you know, that detail just makes me so much more like happier. But those were good times though.
1: I know it was, was kind of crazy to think about this, this random Lucha company coming out of nowhere and actually touring. And we were doing pretty, it wasn't bad. The draws were pretty good.
0: I know it's pretty cool. I actually thought that it was going to lead to something. Unfortunately, it didn't. But I think we all kind of felt that way for like a while, especially yeah. doing like all of the shows in Texas, et cetera.
1: And they were going good too. Like there was people coming out like just for a no-name company. I know. Uh, it was crazy. I really don't know what happened.
0: I know me either, me either. But you know what, though? I think all is good. We all found our direction that we are heading in and things that we are doing. Obviously, things have been working out very great for you. So I cannot wait to kind of like dive into all of that because there is so much to talk about. So, Ricky, I first and foremost, I want to start off with your match this past Friday on Rampage. Uh, You and Brian Cage in that street fight. That was hella entertaining. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what it felt to finally have this match, this, you know, culmination of the story that you have been telling with brian cage for quite some time now
1: i honestly was happy for the, the the finally to have this match i know that we had went through some injuries um brian had some knee issues and things like that but i was happy to just get it over with and be done with it um it was insane because you know I, I haven't really been wrestling and it's not because everyone thinks my neck i'm like my i still have a, a broken neck no i had a match in july that I was actually cleared for, and I've been cleared since July. Just things haven't happened to where I was having matches. So to have a match, especially in Philadelphia of all places, especially with wrestling history, and to have it as a street fight match, it was insane. Um, I thought I thought I did good by the people of Philly. Hopefully, they thought the same thing. Um, and you know, I, I went hard in the paint as I do, just because it's in my nature. I'm still feeling some some stiffness and whatnot, just because I hadn't been wrestling too much um but yeah I'm really I'm glad that it's over with uh I definitely got my ass kicked for sure and uh hopefully it paid off
0: it was an insane visual the closing of the show with you like just like gushing blood and you're holding up the bout and I'm thinking oh my god what did that feel like for you
1: that was those are like those uh, organic moments that I used to see when I was younger like you know during the attitude era especially and um that was just insane because you're literally holding up the FCW title in Philadelphia with Taz next to me, with, with Hobbs, with Hook. It, it's just crazy to think about. Like, I would have never thought that I would have been here in, in that moment, especially the FCW champions. Like, it, it's hard to comprehend.
0: And that's the thing so that I kind of want to touch on a couple of different topics because right now you kind of talked about your neck. And that's the thing that you know, as somebody who watches the dynamite shows and you know, and rampage and covers them on a weekly basis, one of the people that I have been saying that I really hope we do get to see more on dynamite and rampage each and every single week is yourself. But everybody like in my chat rooms like, Oh, well, it's his injury, his injury, this and that this and that this and that. Uh, can you clarify to us because you kind of mentioned right now that you were already cleared? What is the the situation with your neck and is that preventing you at all whatsoever
1: no that this the situation is that my i've been cleared since july and I, I had a match in austin and that was my first match after the neck injury and i've been cleared thereafter um i i for whatever reason people just put together well he isn't being on tv because of that that was never that was never um uh, stated that was never like confirmed or anything like that i do appreciate having the time off though to further heal uh up my neck because obviously when you have a when you have a broken neck when you have a fractured neck when it, whatever type of bone that is broken you have like three months right let's say three months four months that it's healed but to fully heal dude it takes like two years And that's just, that's just from a doctor's point, like a bone truly fully doesn't heal until like two years thereafter. So obviously I'm always going to have that, but to have the time off and to have the time where I'm still on TV with commentating and things like that, I'm very appreciative of it, especially AEW giving me that time to, you know, uh, uh, like slow it down and and take my time with it. Cause uh, uh, anyone else probably could have just rushed me back into the ring. But I think, Tony had that in his head of like, I just want to be a thousand percent careful with it. And you can't I I can't be mad at that at all.
0: I think that I think that's definitely a nice approach to take that. And it kind of takes away some of the pressure that I'm sure you were probably putting on yourself to make sure that, you know, that, you know, things didn't sort of escalate from the point in which they were at. Right. Right.
1: And that's a big fear that I still have. Like even after even after the match I had in Philadelphia, there's there's just a moment where I'm just like, what? Like, fuck. (laughs)
0: oh you can curse here that's that's perfectly okay
1: there's there's that type of moment where I do think about it and it weighs heavily on my mind because what if something goes wrong and now I'm back at square one and I'm back in the same position I was in when I was injured I don't want to go back to that mentally physically I don't want to revisit that so I am more cautious about that but yeah I, I, I appreciate people being concerned you know for sure but that's ultimately what it was it's just Sometimes that's just how it that's just how it happens.
0: Well, I'm glad to kind of have that like cleared away, squared away. So that's, you know, really you good scoop. to know. I got the scoop. You now I can scoop. say this. Now I can say it. You know, when I'm on these shows, I can be like, now I know exactly what is going on. But Ricky, let's talk about this also because FTW champion, and that's the thing, it's an unrecognized belt for you know for AEW. So with that being said, what is your vision uh right now, you know, as champion, moving that championship forward? What is your vision for the belt? What is the vision for your reign as champion?
1: I think for me, I like the challenge of having the FCW title because I don't fit the stereotypical mold of what that is, you know, as as history has shown. Uh, We have Taz, who is a very hard-nosed badass, basically, and I'm a badass in my own right. I'll bet you may ask someone, well, he's a little bit more effeminate and a little bit too uh, flamboyant, and he really doesn't represent an SCW. But the, the fact of the matter is I can still whoop your ass and, and do it in tight pants and an unbuttoned shirt. So I think for me, it's making sure that I create that type of lane for myself in that regard. And also, too, I would like to have a challenge, a, an open challenge for a for it, regardless if people recognize it as a real thing or not. The fact of the matter is I am a champion regardless. And at the end of the day, I will remain a champion. So it'd be cool for me to have somebody come and challenge or I throw out a, a the bait and see who catches it. But I think for me, most importantly, is to make sure that, one, it's Ricky's title. It's Ricky's vision of what it is. And no one can say it differently. And two, I can have the type of momentum that the TNT title had where we were doing the open challenges, things like that.
0: I 100% like the idea, especially because you mentioned making it Ricky's title and it's kind of like, yeah, you want to go ahead and make sure you make your imprint. You want to make sure you stamp your legacy. When people think of that championship, they think of your name. So that's really awesome. So with that being said, you know, we talk about team Taz and right now, you know, team Taz has been a part of the conversation now for quite some time. Most recently, you know, you have yourself as FTW champion. You have Taz who's pretty much Taz and does everything. and comes with so much knowledge and experience. You have hook. Everybody loves the guy's hair. You have Hobbs who just had this match with CM Punk. What's it been like to essentially be able to surround yourself with these group of guys?
1: I think it's been really cool. I think it's cool to see everyone have their own little pocket of success in terms of, you know, we have Hobbs who just came off of a match with CM Punk. We have the under, the, this underswell of Hook in his imminent debut. And then we have Taz who, who is the guy who's done it all, seen it all and then of course you have me where i feel like i'm um those people are very distinct in what they have right and i still think for me personally i am in purgatory in the middle if that makes sense right and i'm still just i'm, I'm not saying that i'm drifting but i'm getting closer and closer to the hot spot until i break ground and then we have the the oil spill with the money coming out and all that jazz. So I think it's cool to be surrounded by that because if I hadn't had that, I think I'd be a little bit more crazier than I already am. So I I, I do like having that. And it's cool to, you know, we help each other out and that's how it should be
0: it's been a cool dynamic because you all bring something so different to the table. Like I feel like that's like the biggest thing. So now Ricky, I do want to go ahead and switch gears because here's the thing. And I feel like I definitely want to pick your brain at this because AEW currently has a lot of momentum. They have been making a lot of news, breaking a lot of records, signing a lot of big names, you know, the success of all Out was very, uh, you know, very exciting to see and the Arthur Ashe show, et cetera. So I do want to get your thoughts on, you know, the current momentum that AEW has right now? And also your thoughts on Brian Danielson signing, Adam Cole signing, CM Punk signing, all of that.
1: I think the, and I've always said that, I think wrestling is cyclical. cyclical it's a circle, basically. And uh,
0: circular, circular, yeah. It's, uh,
1: um, and it's in terms of like we had a down period and now we're coming back up, right? And so I think that's what's happening. That's what happened with AEW. I think because we have such a good uh, rapport with the fan base and the reward system and giving wrestlers a chance and letting them have the opportunity to go out there and actually wrestle and all of these things, it's a big melting pot of success that will only get better as we keep moving forward. And when I look at, like, when I came into AEW 2020 during COVID, Night and day difference. The landscape was totally different. So to see it from that, to see what it is now, and we have so much more to go, I'm, I'm still amazed by it. I, I have talks with Tony sometimes and, and Hobbs, and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. This is, like, I went out to Philly, and I was just like, this is so bizarre to, to see an f- arena full of people now. Uh, but I think that's also in part due to the help that we had from the signings of CM Punk and the signings of Brian Davidson and Adam Cole, uh, things like that. And from that point, I do want to say we were building a base before these guys came in. We built a platform at home for them to see, hey, that's a place that we want to go. So don't get it twisted. The, the people that were here originally, they built all of this to bring in people like Brian and people like Punk. And you know, if you get what I'm saying? There's not oh, a way yeah. to it. They, like, wouldn't have,
0: they wouldn't have been there if the, the foundation wasn't there already set in the first place.
1: Exactly. And just like any type of building piece, I think we had that, then we had them come in, and then we have the, the young guys that are actually moving up now and being the stars they were building, built up for. It's just so many cool parts. I think it's cool, though, to have someone like Punk and Brian and Adam Cole because iron sharpens iron, and we cannot get better if we just wrestle the same 50 guys that we did in the past 10 years. We need more experience, and especially from, I don't know if anyone realizes, but Brian and Punk are right in the middle of that era of, they, were, they came from the indies, did WWE, learned that style, and now they're back. Sometimes we hire some people that are only from a certain era, and they only know wrestling from a certain era, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's cool to have people from my generation to have someone right in the middle like Punk. And Brian and, and things of that nature. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I really am excited for it. The, the more the merrier, uh, as long as they come to put in the work and want to help out and not be selfish.
0: And that's the thing is, like, that's definitely something that we're seeing, like CM Punk working with a lot of the, you know, younger talent, you know, Hobbs being one of those examples. But I do want to know, you know, as somebody, you know, as a talent, also as a fan of wrestling yourself, who were you most surprised to see enter AEW where you were like, oh, man, like, this is is crazy, you know?
1: Punk. I think because I was watching still at the time when he left, Uh, And, you know, that how everything happened thereafter, the whole aftermath with that, I just thought for sure that that was it for him. And there was no coming back from that. And I think over a certain period, you just kind of accept it. Like, yeah, he's just done. He's done, done with wrestling. So I think to see him back and and actually be out there and watch it live when he first made his appearance at AEW, watching from the crowd, I just was like, it's a feeling that I can't even describe.
0: Yeah, I think everybody was definitely, like, on edge. So I can only imagine how exciting it was for, you know, for all of the talent of AEW to sort of be there and to also be part of it. So with that being said, I do want to ask you, you know, as obviously, you know, someone who's there, you know, all the time, you know the ins and outs of, you know, being there backstage and what goes into putting the show. I do want to ask you, you know, what is something that you feel that the fans don't know in terms of all of the work that it takes for, for AEW to, you know, to put on shows like Dynamite, to put on shows like rampage etc
1: i think there's a lot of um the, obviously i don't expect the fans to know this but there are things about a television show a wrestling television show that isn't as easy as well take this person and put them on and put this person on and or just run a live rampage there's a lot more that goes into it and we're talking about finances we're talking about sponsorships we're talking about uh, ad time there's so much and it isn't as simple as a matter of Just put this on, give them X amount of time, and be done with it. You know, not that that, that's an excuse for things. I'm just saying it isn't as black and white as some people would think. Uh, But for the most part, I think, like, there's things that they won't understand that I just don't think even explaining to them would benefit either parties. So if I had to just give you one, though, it definitely would be the TV side of things. That There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it that we just don't think about
0: that's really cool and it's very fascinating because even just getting like a behind the scenes you know clip of like some of like you know even like just you know cody rhodes and brandy rhodes and, and top you get yeah. that like backstage aspect and i think that's like a very cool insight so now ricky we do have a couple more minutes but before we get into our lightning round oh, game let's no, keep
1: wanna, going okay
0: let's keep going now exactly okay well okay so in that case i do want to ask you then i'll throw in something else before we wrap up to towards the end um you mentioned you know, the behind the scenes and all of this, one of the things that we saw in Roads to the Top was essentially you, you know, having these conversations with Cody and with Tony Khan. And now in terms of talent that I have spoken to from AEW, one of the things that they're constantly putting over all the time is that open door policy or like that, you know, having, been able to talk to Tony Khan whenever they want, you know, whenever they can, obviously, you know, Tony's busy and et cetera. Can you give us an example of what it's been like to work with Tony and also even Cody himself as well or anybody that you feel has, you know, helped you out in aew to help you grow
1: i think the main two people that i'm in contact with it is tony and cody and the the relationship i have with tony is so open to the fact that it took me a while to get out of my head of things that i want to say to him or communicate with him and then just ending up him just telling me hey you could have just said it so He has such an open door policy about literally anything. If there's something that's bothering you, just let him know. Talk it out. The best form of communication with him is sitting down face to face and just hashing it out. So I can't ever I can't ever fault him for that, because in my head, if there's an issue that I have or if there's a problem that I, I necessarily don't want to deal with with someone else, I can just go to him. And at least at the end of the day, I can say, hey, I communicated to my boss. This was the, the issues I had. If it got resolved or not, that's I, I don't take the burden of that anymore. And it's the same thing with Cody. There's a problem that you have or there's a, a issue that you may have from a wrestling standpoint in terms of, I don't know how to deal with this. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, he's more than willing to listen and sit down with you and talk it through. And those two, I think, are the best when it comes to just sitting down and workshopping through any type of issue, problem, idea uh, that that comes about. And I, I take that so to heart because obviously I don't know how it was for other places. But I can tell you from personal experience, going through life and trying to talk to someone and trying to communicate what I'm thinking and it not coming out and being misunderstood is a very terrible feeling. But at least with with those two, I don't feel like I'm misunderstood. I feel like I am understood on more fronts than just one.
0: And it can also sort of be in, uh, a little bit intimidating because at the end of the day, it's still your boss, and to kind of like have that relationship from you know you, you know employee and employer, it's still a little bit like okay, oh, yeah. I, I get it, like you 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 want you want the talent to talk to you, but to get comfortable to like work up the courage to go up to your boss and say hey, this is what's going on, etc. It does take a little bit of you know time to sort of get used to.
1: Yeah, and you know that's the cool thing too. Like I'm a very upfront person. And sometimes I put walls in my head of how a person is and that therefore it it kind of blocks me from communicating fully and how I want to, to express myself or or tell them things. I think over time, once I figured that out with Tony, I just go up to him and say, man, this fucking sucks or (laughs) whatever the case may be. So I have that type of uh, rapport with him and I appreciate that because it feels good. I don't have to have that weight of like I'm the employee and I got to say, how I want to say it. uh, You know, you have to be PC.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah, just say how you feel and then just keep it moving.
0: I love that. That is very cool because, again, I think it just helps all parties involved because at the end of the day, like, your boss is not going to know, like, if there's something that you're not happy with, if that isn't, you know, said verbally out loud. You can't just assume.
1: Yeah, you have to talk with him first before you even just start being mad at outside. So, like, that's how I always think. Am I mad at myself because I didn't talk to him or am I mad about something? You know what I'm saying? You have to think about it like that. And I wish more people took that approach, but it takes time, of course
0: it does it takes time it takes relationship building etc so now I do want to ask you because uh, this has always been a very interesting topic to me and the topic is the forbidden door that's something that everybody has been talking about etc uh so I do want to ask you you know we've seen AEW you know do collaborations with different promotions you know impact wrestling for being one of them so as somebody you know who has a championship with the FTW championship as somebody who I feel that could bring a lot to the table and we've seen you in different positions commentary you know on the mic we've seen you uh you know, obviously as a wrestler too. So all of those different facets for you, how do you feel, or is there like a certain wrestler? Is there a certain promotion? Is there a certain storyline that you yourself would sort of want to utilize that forbidden door for yourself as an opportunity to kind of branch out a little bit?
1: So you probably hate me for this because I, I give the same answer, but I have no interest in, in, Going out and trying to do other things outside of AEW right now. Because there's so much uh, that's left on the table for me that I want to still accomplish. And I, I can only focus on one thing at a time. But if I had to give you an answer, because I know that's what the headlines want, and all those. those
0: <laughs> I'm going to be like clickbait. This is what Ricky Stark said. <laughs> yeah,
1: all those news aggregator sites that they just steal from each other. If I had to give you one answer, it'd probably be. Um, I would love to have a match and New Japan against Naito. Uh, he's one of my That'd favorites to watch. That or Okada. Those would be the two.
0: Well, I think if you're going to like definitely utilize the forbidden door, I definitely think those would be two guys that I would utilize the <laughs> forbidden door for, right? <laughs> you know, but also with that being said, you know, we talk about, you know, you focusing on AEW and, you know, even the talent in AEW. I mean, I personally feel as someone who's watching the weekly television, we're constantly seeing new faces and, you know, all of these new people that we're getting used to, you know, for example, you know, Dante Martin, Daniel Garcia, these are all people that have you know been making a name for themselves. So for you as talent, as uh, you know, as part of the AEW roster, how does it feel to have all of these, you know, new faces? And how does that, you know, spice up the competition?
1: I like it because, you know, since we have the Forbidden Door, these people got to come to us. If somebody wants to wrestle, they got to come to me. And it's the same thing with the young, the young talent that we have as well. They have that opportunity too. Uh, I think Dante is a great talent. Same Daniel. I, I think that I would have really good chemistry with both of them. Um, And that's just to name a few of the people that we already have there. But I think it's cool that they're in this position that we really haven't seen in wrestling for a bit where they have the opportunities to go on to these other companies, hone their skills on another platform, come back to their home base, show off what they have and what they learned and then progress from there. I think it only helps all of us. And two, surrounding yourself with the younger talent who are hungry and passionate that's all I ever care about. I don't care about anything else. If if, if we're running together and you're in the if you're in the chain game and you're super <laughs> passionate about stuff, hey, I'll always have your back because that's what I respect the most. So it's good to have that. It's infectious.
0: It is infectious. And my last question before we move on to the lightning round game is I do want to ask, you know, we talk about progression. And again, we touched on the fact that you've, you know, hit different roles in AEW. What is your goal, like, within, like, a year or, you know, a couple years uh, within AEW? What are some of your goals?
1: I think within within the next year, I would like to um, challenge for the TNT Championship and actually win it and go as far as I can with that. Um, I would like to also be able to merge, or not be merged, but be the bridge from the stuff in pop culture, movies, television, things like that, into AEW and bring in a new fan base. And I, That's a reason why I was doing the Road to the Top, because I want to bring in some more eyes to AEW. And obviously having more eyes on me isn't an issue at all.
0: It's not too bad, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: not too bad whatsoever. But that's, that's my ultimate goal. And, and at the end of the day, I would like for someone to look at me the same way that I looked at uh, people when I was watching wrestling. There wasn't anyone like me when I was younger. So I think it's cool to now be in that position to where someone can watch me go, oh, I look like him, I can relate to him, he's funny, blah, blah, blah. And that's cool enough for me. And that's a big achievement in itself. But in terms of actual championships, TNT, let's start there first and let's go to the world heavyweight title. I think that's just the natural progression that I'm going to take a lot sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. I got to tell you, you know, again, I mentioned that, you know, obviously my post shows, I'm constantly, you know, obviously talking about the product and you're one of the guys where I'm always like, Ricky starts this, Ricky starts that. I'm like, I'm Thank like so you. pro Ricky starts that like, it, it's a thing now. It's a thing, but Ricky, we're going to go ahead and jump into our second portion of the interview. This is one of my favorite parts where I ask you 10 random questions about yourself. And you just kind of like, you know, tell us, you know, whatever you want to tell us. And it's usually really fun. So here we go. Are you guys ready for the lightning round with Ricky Starks? Question number one, who is the funniest person backstage at AEW?
1: Dang. Oh my gosh. Um, honestly, uh, Austin Gunn is pretty funny.
0: Really? Yeah. How so? Austin,
1: Austin Gunn is, re- he's just so, if you've ever watched his dad from the late nineties, he's a spitting image of his dad. Just so animated, so much energy. Um, I just, every time I talk to him, I'm just laughing that or Mark. Mark Henry is pretty funny too.
0: Oh, that's Uh, awesome. I don't
1: think people know that about Mark, but yeah, he's, he's really, really funny.
0: I think you can kind of tell too, like from his personality, like you get glimpses of that, you know, here and there. Uh, You know, Before we
1: start, you know, who else is funny? Tony, Tony, Tony Khan is a, he has a very keen sense of humor that a lot of people don't get to see, but he, he makes some, some, uh, some jokes sometimes that catch me off guard
0: you're like what yeah <laughs> I I know what you're talking about because I've noticed it in the media and like the media conferences like he'll throw in like some funny lines where I'll be like well I didn't expect that coming so I get yeah. what you mean by that yeah I totally get it uh question number two what are your top three favorite restaurants
1: Chipotle uh <laughs> oh geez
0: Chipotle <laughs> what do I like to eat uh I like <laughs> you're like chipotle 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 uh,
1: chipotle chick-fil-a and tony romans
0: oh nice okay three great options a uh, question number three if you had the chance to be on any reality tv show which one would it be
1: rose to the top
0: hell yeah question number four if you weren't a professional wrestler what would you be doing <sighs> acting oh yeah question number five what's your worst travel story
1: I tried, I try not to have any bad ones just because I've been thankful for a lot, but probably the worst travel I ever had in my life was I was in the back of a, like a coupe Pinto and my head was hitting the, the roof. We were driving through um, St. Louis and uh, I was with Tony Cazina, a St. Louis wrestler, and he had a, like a really old Pinto, like silver coupe, the backseat was so small and we were driving through snow, and we hit black ice. And when we hit black ice, we bumped it like the car jumped up off the road, went into a ditch, and spun out. And I remember like in the moment being like, "Oh yeah, this is it. This is what I knew." We hit a tree. The back of it hit a tree. It just smashed off the the rear bumper. We were able to drive home, but my neck the next day was so like just jacked up that I was like, "I'm never doing a." a car trip for 50 bucks ever again
0: The like no. eight-hour
1: car trip that turned into 12
0: oh my god i can't even like it's and it's, it's crazy it's like it's such a norm and like i'm sure there's like so many stories like that you know obviously we hear about like people traveling you know for hours to a show where they get paid so little it's like oh it's a struggle man
1: yeah it wasn't worth it
0: <laughs> no and thank goodness that you know nothing serious ended up happening but right. still that's terrifying Um, question number six, do you have any pre or post-match rituals?
1: My pre-match rituals, I do a lot of stretching, at least stretching for like 30 minutes, especially after the injury. Um, I do a lot, lot of stretching and, uh, I usually will go off and find a little corner to myself with some headphones, listen to music and try to zone in.
0: That's, that's the way to go.
1: After the match, I don't do anything. I just take my stuff off, and call it a day.
0: You're like I'm done, and I'm going to Chipotle. <laughs> yeah,
1: <you> Chipotle?
0: <laughs> question number seven: Your current favorite fashion trend and your least favorite fashion trend.
1: My least favorite fashion trend is the fanny pack. Uh, <laughs> and I as a wrestler, <laughs> yeah, I hate the fanny pack. Uh, man, my favorite though—that's hard because there's so many right now. Obviously, uh, neutral tones was was in, and it's making a comeback. Uh, I'm very I like the modern style of of trends. If if you're wondering, it's, um, you know, Kanye does a lot of modern type of uh, clothing. And and I do like that. It's very basic, very minimal. That's my favorite type of... Oh, like a
0: minimalist style. Yeah. Yes, very, very so. It's very in right now, for sure. Question number eight. uh, Who was your first celebrity crush?
1: My first celebrity crush was definitely Britney Spears. My current favorite... The celebrity crush is Zendaya.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, she dresses amazingly, too, by the way. I love her style. Me and her. (laughs) You guys would be perfect. You guys would be perfect. I could see you on, like, the cover of, like, Vogue or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Question number nine. What's one thing fans don't know about you?
1: (sighs) That's a hard one. Um, If I had to say, uh, I actually took two years of culinary.
0: Oh, nice. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I can cook a little bit. The issue is if I'm in the mood to cook.
0: Do you have a specialty, different. like something you're really good at cooking?
1: Uh, so, <laughs> no, not really. Were you going to um,
0: say soup? I felt like you were going with, like, soup or something. I was going to
1: say spaghetti, but oh. <laughs> that's close enough. Turkey spaghetti. No, I don't have a, a real specialty. I did, I did cook raspberry cheesecake muffins with the graham cracker crust. That was like a big thing I used to cook a lot.
0: Well, it sounds delicious. It sounds delicious. So good. (laughs) And my last question, question number 10. uh, What are your top three favorite TV shows of all time?
1: Well, it definitely isn't lost. I know that really stirred up a lot of dirty waters about that one. Um, (laughs) That's a
0: good show. Terrible ending. Thank you. Terrible ending. Killed
1: about it. My, My top three favorite shows would probably be, I love Weeds. Nip tuck and, uh, and curb your enthusiasm.
0: Awesome, awesome. Three great shows right there. Ricky, thank you so much for doing this interview with me, for playing the lightning round with game with me. It was so much fun to get to talk to you here today. Um, before we go, please feel free to plug in anything you'd like to plug in.
1: Yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter at Starkman Jones. Uh, my Instagram is pretty nice too, visually. That's at Starky Baby. <laughs> and uh, you can catch me on AEW Dynamite every Wednesday and Rose to the top. Following every Dynamite on Wednesday, and Rampage 2 every Friday night, seven p.m. 3-
0: seven p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Yes,
1: Cause yeah. I, I I've been to so many places. My time zones are so
0: jacked up. I get it. I get it. 100% Ricky, thank you so much for doing this interview. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Do not forget to give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. All of the links are going to be in the description box below so you guys can follow Ricky. And until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is your FTW champion, Ricky Starks, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.